go ahead and introduce our special guests here on Below the Belt Show. These are going to be two of the celebrity guests that will be at the Far Point Con in Hunt Valley, Maryland. Yes, for all you fans in the DMV area and even the PA area. Hell, even the Jersey and New York area. Come down for this incredible fan-run convention, the Far Point Con. We have actors and voice actors extraordinaire, father and daughter team of Carlos Alazraki and Riley Alazraki. Uh, thanks for joining us here on BTV. Thank you, Alan. Hi, Dean. Good to see you again. Good to see you again. Yes, you got some familiar faces here. <laughs> yep. Dean will have some Star Trek questions for sure. So. Yes, yeah, there you go. The yeah. subject matter experts here are also well, joined well, by... Uh, we're hoping that the ice storm subsides, right, for travel purposes, and that uh, we'll be able to make it out to uh, Far Point. But I, I think we'll be okay. I think the, the weather gods will will be in our favor, but we're looking forward to it. We are certainly looking forward to this con. It's a very, it's a great con because it's uh, it's fan run and um, where they put the fans first. And, yeah. um, and that's and, what you should oh, do. Yes, exactly. It's in the uh, interactions with that the celebrity town has with and meeting their their you know their fans is is um, second to none at this particular con. And uh, uh, Carlos and Riley, is this is this your first um, Farpoint con? This is Riley's first uh, first uh, Farpoint con, yeah. My too. Yours my too. First Farpoint, but uh, Riley's world premiere, right? <laughs> She's shy, but she, it, <laughs> uh, tell them about uh, New York Comic Con and what the difference would be. Um, in New York Comic Con, we didn't get to talk to anyone. We just um, did did the the panel, right? Mm-hmm. We did that, and then that was it. Like we just went back to the hotel. <laughs> so I think this will be a different experience because I get to interact with people and see how they're liking the show from their perspective. Yes, and uh, we're we're really liking your show, Riley. It's a fun one. It's a good show. Yeah, I know, Dean. You tune in, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm a Star Trek fan and I'm a Star Trek fan film, so I yeah. definitely have tuned in. And um, Riley, one of the things I love about your character is how she has grown from this alien that we met in the very first episode to speaking Trek no babo. And one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, since we now have ended the freshman season not too long ago, did you have a favorite moment of Rock Talk? that you enjoyed playing, you enjoyed acting? Um, All of the moments, every single episode I record, there's something new that, like, there's something intense in, like, almost every episode. But I definitely think it was Rock really, like, shined through in the time of Mock um, when she was separated from everyone else and she was stuck there. And I think that's where she really like shined through and she was she showed people that she was just more than a security guard like she was that episode like she was the whole episode and I definitely think that was the most fun moment for me because um I got to record a bunch of lines too Mm -hmm. um but I definitely think that's where Rock Talk kind of had her moment and she kind of became known in that group oh that was a great moment yeah and what I think is awesome I just checked out uh, some clips on YouTube of uh, Star Trek Prodigy, mm-hmm. and sometimes you know some, they get the voice actor and the character kind of look alike. Yeah. You couldn't have imagined a, a complete opposite person to portray uh, <laughs> yeah. for you to portray Riley when you first. 
found out that you were playing this big, big rock-like alien creature, what were your thoughts? So they didn't show me what she'd like look like and be like until I think like two episodes in. So I had complete different visions of what she was going to look like and what she was going to act like when I originally auditioned for her because they didn't give us much, much information about the character because I don't think they had created her yet. They kind of just like got the vibe of what it was going to be. So um, I went in no, not knowing like what she was going to look like or what she was going to act like. I knew kind of what her personality was, but I didn't know exactly everything. So definitely in episode when I went in one day, they just showed me it on the screen and I was like, this is totally different from what I imagined. <laughs> right. As the like episodes went by and every time I recorded, I just kind of fell into it. Like, oh, yeah, that's the character I play. Like, I kind of got used to it. Like, I'm wondering if they want to do a live action uh, <laughs> version of the Star Trek Prodigy. Would you be able to put on the suit? I'm like, I'm curious. Yeah, I think that would be a better CGI thing. Hell, I mean, that that would be very uncomfortable. To have yeah, she like would that. still do the voice, but it would be more of a CGI interacting with yeah. like, live action aspects. But, uh, I mean, Paramount Plus is just they have so much great Star Trek. Yeah, they're, they're doing such a great job. Yeah. It out. It's amazing. Better than anything Disney's doing. <laughs> That's a nice statement. <laughs> Carlos, my God, your IMDb is like a long novel of yeah, all your. I'm getting there. I'm trying to catch Gray Delisle and Tara Strong and Tom Kenny, you know? Yeah, but your voice <laughs> acting credits are are tremendous. And you mentioned those names like the Tara Strong. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, are you are you friends with them? Are you colleagues of them? Have they yeah. given you any advice in the in the voice acting industry? Yeah, you know, Dee Bradley Baker is a really good friend of mine. We hang out and we watch horror movies together with a, a buddy of mine named Matt cool. Craig who ran New Looney Tunes before the latest version of Looney Tunes, and uh, we watched The Babadook together, and we we just love it because we're parents. But we we discuss you know how we approach things, and actually, uh, Dee Bradley Baker, Kari Walgren, amazing Suzanne Blakesley, who's Wanda and mother on uh, Fairly Odd Parents, we formed a group to watch Penny Dreadful together. And we would just discuss mm -hmm. what we do as voice actors. And, and and Dee Bradley Baker said, you know, when we go into a booth, you set off a nuclear bomb, you give everything and you show them what you can do. And I, I always thought that's just such great advice because sometimes we take it for granted that we've, we've either got the gig or we don't have to try that hard. But he's somebody that just like, he really inspired me along with watching Darren Norris, Tara Strong, Great Lyle, Jeff Bennett, mm -hmm. Kevin Michael Richardson, who I saw today. Uh, oh, he's great. Uh, Rob Paulson, everybody that was part of Fairly Odd Parents. I would sit back and watch them and just enjoy this symphony that was happening before me. So, and Billy and Billy West, who's going to be at Farpoint Con, is somebody that I'm really looking forward to Riley to meet because he's somebody that I looked up to in the in the early '90s, living in San Francisco. And meeting him on a show called The Alex Bennett Show. And he was so sweet. And he still continues to be sweet. And is just kind of an under-radar genius. You know, we forget yep. Bill West. You know, and so I learned from people like that. And so they've all been inspirational. Everybody. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, do you have a particular favorite project for both of you that you've voiced? What's your favorite? Is it, It's got to be... Probably Star Trek. So, yeah. 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 And your first one was Doc McStuffins. That was pretty special. Yeah. 
Um, for me, Rocco. Rocco's always the first girlfriend, right? The sweetheart, the childhood sweetheart. And uh, yes. if you go on my Instagram, I don't. I think legally <laughs> we're still able to get away with it before they. I sang uh, when I did voice voiceover rocks. Uh, it was a benefit show that I did years ago. I sang uh, Rocco singing uh, Radiohead's "I'm a Creep." Oh, and it's on Instagram, and I say so it's very cool. so you can go check out my Instagram and see Rocco sing. But Rocco is, <laughs> uh, was my introduction into the voiceover world, and uh, it's something that I famously dragged Tom Kenny in with me. I'll take no credit for his talent, just like suggesting that this guy could be pretty good. But uh, yeah, Rocco, Rocco for sure. I love Rocco, he's sweet. Follow-up <laughs> follow question. Uh, I was talking to my buddy about the guest we were going to have on tonight. Is it true that you were the voice of the uh, Taco Bell Chihuahua? Yeah. People love it. <laughs> and at one con. You know we can ask him to say it. <laughs> yeah. He, lizard, lizard. Oh, I uh, love it. Oh, my God. It's blowing my yeah, mind. Pretty iconic. <laughs> before Riley was, was born, but yeah, one of those iconic things that happened and just, yeah. and just wonderful. And uh, I it did was it. was a cultural shift, kid. It was a cultural shift. Yeah. <laughs> the 90s were uh, just a, a special time. And... Uh, and it's funny because the 90s fashions are sort of coming back at our middle school. It's like, hey, maybe the dog can come back into your middle school. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thank you. That that was a, another co- iconic role for me and, and and very lucky and right place, right time, right voice. So it, that was wonderful. Absolutely. Um, Riley, um, since you're still at the budding of your starting career as a voiceover actress, being in Doc um, Muffins and Star Trek Prodigy, I've always asked this question when it comes to theater actors, I'd like to ask you as a voice actors, is there a role out there, a voiceover role that you would love to play one day in your career down the road? Um, I would definitely like to maybe like do something in like a movie, maybe like one of those big movies, like a Disney movie, like, like on a Disney. light year that your dad did. Yeah. Like, 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 yeah, like, like, yeah. like kind of like the I auditioned for the film Luca. Um, Julia, I think, but I did not get it because I think I was too young. But like, definitely one of those Disney movies. And then, um, for on camera acting, definitely um, a movie as well. Which I just got a director's call back for one of those too. So hopefully that. But for all my career, voice acting and on camera acting, I just need like that one movie, you know? Oh yes. And a follow up question: What is your favorite Disney movie? currently um i watch more tv shows than i watch movies okay but right now what's that movie that we just watched oh strange world that was pretty good strange we liked world. it and, and and we know that it out there was like you know not universally loved but sitting yeah. down and watching it i thought it was pretty inventive and, and we enjoyed it yeah strange world was really cool awesome great here. awesome i had an interesting question i I'm, try to put this as, uh, I guess, as delica- delicately as I can, because now in the voiceover world, you have to be the same, close to the same character, especially when it comes to ethnicity now. Of course, you can play aliens, you can play yeah. animals with no repercussions. But uh, I was curious on your thoughts, Carlos, on on the importance of of an actor, a voiceover actor, portraying the correct ethnicity of a character. Of course, we've seen characters like Apu from The Simpsons be yeah. um, recast and um, Cleveland from The Family Guy be recast. 
Yeah. Um, and I know that you as an actor played multiple ethnicities as well. So I was curious what your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think even representation is, is a wonderful thing to, to have happen. And obviously, when you tilt the scales, it'll happen where somebody's pushed out. Um, on mm-hmm. the show, uh, Victor and Valentino, they felt it wasn't culturally appropriate for the guy that played Clarence to play Miguel. So I got to be, hey, um, what's going on, Victor? What's happening? And I just did a voice match. In the case, Eric Bauza really was instrumental in me getting a role uh, as Alexa's father on Trece, which is a Filipino show. And this is something <laughs> I had the professor in college, Edilberto Cajucam, and uh, the accent is really similar to That's, Spanish. You just right. know the I Chilo. know that because I'm Filipino. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> There is too much cooking oil on the food. Yes, yes, that's it. <laughs> with uh, linguists to get it just right because right. Anton was not uh, of the lower class in Manila. So he wouldn't say, you guys, we need a victory with the B. He would actually right. say V. So right. the Papalan Mandalingba was one of the characters. But So I got to work on that show, and I'm not Filipino. So that was really, in this day and age, obviously I'm not Filipino, but pretty special um like for example coco they wanted to cast real uh, authentic mexican actors um i was not part of that one but jorge gutierrez who's a buddy of mine my in the three he's hired me for everything so i get to work on book of life and things like that Um, it's gonna it's it's all gonna even out but sometimes somebody will get displaced and it may not feel right but i think it is important for everybody to have their own cultural representation and once scales are even one day, then everybody gets to play everything again. And so I don't mind it, uh, even though it has some adverse effects, it is right for people to be able to play uh, who they represent. And I'm being from Argentina and I got some Italian and Spanish, and I I get a lot of things open to me. I can play white and Spanish roles. So that's pretty lucky for me, so. Yeah, and Riley can play big rock aliens. Yeah. (laughs) With no no repercussions. I mean, for Luca, (laughs) 75% 75% Italian from Jersey, you know, Patrizio Malatesta came together. So she has the Italian roots, you know, and yeah. she's got the Argentinian Latino roots. And so we're, we're lucky because yeah. we're multicultural. There you go. That's cool. Let's just not have the, the aliens uh, from Rock Talks uh, planet all up in arms because you're not yeah. a true <laughs> alien. Yeah, you, don't you don't know. All things are possible, man. You don't know. <laughs> I, so I had another question for you about voice acting. Uh, a couple of us on the panel are aspiring actors. So as we fail to get audition after audition, you then like get to see the show that you read for and pretend that you like you would have done it better. Is that the same with voice acting? Like when you watch something, like when you watch an animated feature, does your ear like prick at stuff and you're like, well, I don't know about that choice. Or are you able to like buy into the illusion that you usually give to other people? What? Which one? Um. Well, it was on on-camera acting when I got... When I auditioned for Sydney to the max, yeah, I think it was like my ethnicity because they went with, um, I think I don't know, just a different ethnicity. Yeah, and different you thought, ethnicity. Yeah. And when I watched her performance, I was like, they could have done much better. Like, <laughs> we all do it. We all do it. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to be like like self obsessed or something, but like, no, I rest. You got it. You got to kind of like. Yeah, and the converse is true. I've seen some of the performances that I've done. I'm like, you know, they could have got somebody else. Even the ta- even the Taco Bell dog. Even the Taco Bell dog. I mean, they help shape it, but it's really. And here's where you borrow octaves, right? Ta- when I did, come fly with me, Gachinha. That's obviously Yo quiero Taco Bell. 
So, you know, <laughs> yo quiero Taco Bell. There's thousands of Latino actors that could have done that. Probably done it better, probably done it differently. And so it happens in reverse. You know, we mm-hmm. get roles that I think, Rocco is special. Um, there's some voices I've done where I think, you know, anybody could probably do this and do it better. And I just happen to be lucky enough to do it. But there, I don't think there is, it, there's always going to be a few roles. Like when we think in terms of big celebrities, right? Voiceover actors are specialists. We're jazz musicians and studio musicians that can hit any note you want. And sometimes they'll bring in a celebrity that just can't really give you what they need. And those instances are like, oh, and I will say in in Happy Feet 2, I thought, because obviously Brad Pitt and Matt Damon are incredible actors, but they played the krill in the second one, and they just used their own voice. If they would have let Brad and Matt do some characters, I thought it would have fit better. Mm. Not that it wasn't. And so there's things like that, right? You know, obviously about Billy Crystal and Ellen DeGeneres and John Goodman in, in the whole Pixar world are fantastic. And, right. um, you know, I have a job where I'm doing a lot of Mike Wazowski sounds alike. And it's all because Billy Crystal made this great template and mm-hmm. built wonderful character. And now I'm just using it to paint by numbers. So, yeah, we're always going to be jealous or people would be jealous of yeah. us. But it just whatever fits. And that's why. For auditioning process, I'll tell Riley, it's just like, you just go for it. You never know. Okay. Sage advice. I see a lot of uh, DC stuff. and the, We were just talking about DCU. Uh, uh, like, James Gunn announces Slay, and I see Batman Unlimited and a lot of stuff from the DC world. Uh, uh, how, how was your experience on some of those projects? Uh, your Hernando and Bat- Batman The Dark Knight Returns and yeah, uh, Cong- think- Congressman yeah. Noches. <laughs> Yeah, a couple of guys that were, one guy was more thuggish, right? So like this, he's delay, and then one guy was more pronounced in Spanish. And of course, yeah. Bane uh, in uh, Legion of Doom. Oh, yeah, let's hear that. Uh, so that was uh, all uh, Andrea Romano who just brought me in and said, do a deep voice that's grabbed like this. I wasn't, much like Riley, who's new to the Star Trek world and the canon of Star Trek, mm-hmm. I really wasn't sure I wasn't a comic book guy, per se. So okay. I wasn't sure how big a role Bane was, and Andrea Romano oh, was. She coached me through the whole thing, you know. What or, when we fought before, I broke the bat. Tonight I break the man. <laughs> so she helped me. <laughs> part of this wonderful DC franchise that I really wasn't clued into, and so, and it's the same with with Riley to be in the Star Trek world when we're both both of us were like I watched a little bit of classic, you know, Shatner Star Trek when I grew up. Yeah. But she had no idea what this world is, and now she's growing into it, and it's it's oh, that's pretty really cool. cool. Yeah, get ready. The fans are intense. They're going to ask you how stuff works. You're going to get questions yeah. about, like, dilithium <laughs> crystals in the warm dry. You just, you just got to roll with it. Just... <laughs> hey, Riley, if you ever need help to sort of things out or help out with fans, I will definitely help you out. But I do have a question with you. Now that you got into the role of Star Trek, have you seen any of the other series that is currently on the air, like Discovery or um, Strange Worlds? And do you have a favorite among some of the previous series? No, the favorite Star Trek series. But oh, you didn't watch I've the series; never, you watched the movies to just warm you up, right? I watched one. I watched one of the movies, and I remember I was like 
eight when I was watching them and it was like rated PG-14. So my mom had to skip through like a bunch of scenes. (laughs) I kind of got the hang of it like a little bit. I saw like the main scene where like this obviously like became a thing like, but like it still didn't really, I didn't really understand it. And I think Star Trek Prodigy is like, everyone has their starter Star Trek of where they get into the the type of fandom. So I definitely think my starter is the show that I'm working on right now because it's like what I am doing and that's the one that I'm watching. And I, from episode one, like I grew into it and I now I know what it means without just like watching a random movie, having yeah. no idea what this is. But there was one episode where you went into simulation and the classic, they, they digital, they brought back the digital voices of, of the classics of uh, Spock and Kirk. And uh, I think uh, the and yeah. Scotty and McCoy, yeah. So though they appeared on your show, but yeah. Um, and uh, for me, Lower Decks, I just I, I found who did I play? Because my my friend said I just finished Star Trek Lower Decks and I heard your voice. I'm like, what, what, what? Oh, Captain Buen Amigo, and yeah. uh, he blows up. Sorry, folks, but he could be back. <laughs> <laughs> it's Star Trek. It's sci-fi. I mean, on a different timeline, he can totally reappear. <laughs> Yeah, will come back with a goatee and be the evil version, right? <laughs> yeah, Carlos, you could establish yourself as um, Jeffrey Combs of the animated Star Trek since he did, I think, at least 11 different characters throughout four different series. So you yeah. could do animated. I saw Jeffrey in his live-action production of Edgar Allan Poe. He's amazing. Wow. Yeah, Jeffrey is amazing. Wow. But uh, yeah, thank you. We'll see what if I come back. I've been killed. Garcia got killed. He came back on Reno 911. Uh, you know, I died as Mr. Weed, and I came back for a flat one flashback episode. So they keep pulling me back in. Oh, <laughs> Let, let's talk about Reno 911. I mean, it seems like to be the gift that keeps on giving for you, Carlos. Uh, it, it it has now it has a home on Roku. It was previously on, on Comedy Central. So um, are, are we getting a season nine? I don't know. I think the things we fil- filmed for Quibi uh, went on to Roku, went on to yeah. episodes on Comedy Central as well. Um, I hope so. We never know. We never know. Nisi Nash, as long as Nisi Nash is walking this earth, we will get more Reno because she demands it. As busy as she is. She is busy. She will <laughs> always come back whenever. Yeah, Dahmer. I mean, my gosh. So, so yeah. if, as long as Nisi Nash walks the earth. There's always a possibility of more Reno, so we'll see. I, we just did It's a Wonderful Heist, so people seem to like I, it. I watched that and some of season seven today to, to get acquainted yeah. with uh, Reno 911. It's, I shot it's, my a, it's a laugh out loud fest. I mean, uh, it's so freaking funny. That's fun. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Riley, do you get to watch uh, Reno 911? I don't know if you're... <laughs> um, I'm, I, I will... I, what, what's the rating? It's probably PG or it's a little up there. Yeah. That's a that's a later in life show. <laughs> I'll I can show her some clips. I can guide her in. I right. I watched like stuff, but I watched like Ginny and Georgia. Yeah, you watch Ginny and Georgia. Okay, so you can handle that. Well, we'll, yeah, we'll, you got you got to be careful about what you're confessing, man. You got to sh- gonna get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, well, no. I, see, I see weird videos on his phone related to it, and it's so weird. No, no, I got the mustache and old high and tight haircut. Yeah, aviator <laughs> sunglasses. Yeah. Some of us, some of us call it art, but it is. I'm gonna weird. show. I'm gonna show a good cop, black cop. That's a good classic sketch. <laughs> <laughs> I remember 
were on a ski lift and I was I had to go next to this random couple and like I don't know but we started talking and I was like oh yeah my dad's an actor and they were like what what is he acted in and I was like Reno 911 and stuff like that and, and the guy was like a big fan of it and I didn't know the name of your character yeah. and he was like who does he play and I was like, and I was like you know the old guy the <laughs> old guy <laughs> the old guy Jeffy James Garcia yes I love it Wow. Yeah, I just watched uh, some episodes. Uh, we first of all, Wendy McLennan Coey, she is amazing. We we've uh, had a few interviews with her uh, in person, and uh, I was curious what what it was like working with her specifically. Because I remember me, she was not part of the original pilot. Amy Brissett played my daughter. And then we revisited it in 2003. Yeah. And the pilot. They decided Garcia shouldn't have a daughter. We're gonna bring in a salty ex magician's assistant uh woman and that was wendy and i've been privileged every time to work her we had some wonderful episodes where garcia and her had a thing and she pushed Mm -hmm. you scared me away that was a wonderful kind of (laughs) line for an episode but she's amazing she's so facile her and cedric are are probably the two true improvisers with all that groundlings in minnesota Yes. Uh, uh, type of uh, I forgot what Cedric's organization was in, in Minnesota, but they had the true improv background. The rest of us, like Nisi and Ben and Tom and Kerry, more sketch people that was pre-written. Me, a stand-up comic, but boy, Wendy and 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 Cedric can bring it at levels. Ian, uh, Ian, uh, why why am I forgetting Ian's last name? Declan. Oh, why am I Ian Roberts? Uh, Roberts, yes. A master improviser. Joe Latrulio, great. So, uh, yeah, Wendy is amazing. She's so easy. Such a great listener. And here's a quick story. Uh, Kyle Dunnigan playing Craig Pullen. Hey, Craig Pullen, the, the Truckee River killer. He comes in for one episode, right, where each kid knocked over my ice cream cone, and now I got nowhere to go. I guess I'll just go home to my cats. Wendy, as an improviser, hears that, knows that Weigel is into cats, and she goes, well, you know, Weigel can kind of take care of your cats and introduces them, they become boyfriend and girlfriend, and now this one episode off becomes a whole series, all because Wendy listens and puts two and two together. It was like, that's the way you do it. That's master improvisation. So, And that's what gonna, the majority of the show is, right? Yeah. Carlos, it, it's very little script, right? You get the beats. You get the A, B, the and beats. C. Jones, right. Jones, that's the best way to do it. Wow. Yeah, uh, Garcia takes a long time to get goes on a circuitous route with Kenny Rogers to keep him safe. When we end up, this will happen. And then just start, turn on the cameras in the car and start riffing with Kenny Rogers, you know, this stuff like that. Good, that good cop, bad cop started out in rehearsal as good cop, bad cop. Yeah. I, I just, during rehearsal, I said, good cop, black cop. He's like, what? <laughs> yeah, good cop, black cop. It's not good cop, black cop. It's good cop, bad cop. Black cop, bad cop, same thing. And they go, this is what we <laughs> And then we just went with it, and it ends with Cedric choking me, and then wow. the girl getting away. So that things like that, you know. <laughs> Martin, you like had something? Set, yeah. Did they have like a, a formula to it? Like, was there a set amount of time or set amount of takes? They'd let you riff and then just go with what they had, or if the energy was in the right spot, would they let you go for like say ten takes in one shot and maybe only one or two in the other if you needed it? Yeah, you might spend a, if they really wanted to hit nail a joke and it wasn't working, that you'd get multiple takes beyond five or six. If you made mistakes, like when uh, Wendy and I made, a, uh, I made her laugh with, uh, she'll have something of less than or equal value. We did that about 10 times. But generally, they would get it in one or two takes and be able to edit it together. 
to kind of keep it fresh. But yeah, we were allowed to expound on it. And then they sometimes went, okay, there's too much fat in that. Just hit this joke, hit this joke, hit this joke. Uh But again, and so we would style it that way, but it was very fast, very fast. That's awesome. It's kind of how they did Veep. I mean, I worked a lot on Veep and it seemed like they were always one or two takes and they just kind of improvised a lot of stuff. Yeah, they're excellent actors. Those guys are so good. Oh, Matt Walsh is a member of that uh, same school study, I believe. Yeah. UCB? Yeah. 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 Yeah, so that's fantastic, fantastic training. If anyone wants to do uh, um, improv training, yeah, Upright Citizens Brigade is the way to go for sure. And Groundlings, those two. Yeah, can't get any better than that. That's pretty good. Yeah, that is awesome. Wow, this has been great, man. Uh, Carlos and Riley, uh, thank you so much uh, for chatting with us here on Below the Belt Show. Uh, And if we could, let's get a little promo, maybe in some of your favorite voice characters, you know. Let us know who you are. Um, Throw out some of your accolades, your voice characters, maybe. And let us know you're on Below the Belt Show. Um, I'm Riley Hellas-Rocky. Um, I've played Rock Talk and Star Trek Prodigy. Um, who do I play? Doug Unplugged. Doug Unplugs. Who do I play? I forget. <laughs> uh, what do I play in Puppy Dog Pat? I don't know. I'm in Puppy Dog Pat. <laughs> um, and I'm on Below the Belt Show. Hello, this is Carlos Alves Rocky, the voice of World Cup from World Cup's Modern Life. Mr. Cooker, Timmy Turner, and Winslow. Hey, cat dog. And Bane. And a lot of others. And I am so happy and glad to be on Below the Belt show with Al and Dean and Martin and I, my glasses I need. Grant, it looks like. So, I would say guest. Guest. I'm going to say Grant. No, that's actually Paul. Uh, well, <laughs> Rocky, the voice of Rocco. So happy to be on Below the Belt. Yes. Well done. Well that done. That was indeed. amazing. Thank you. <laughs> I said, Grant, Grant, I am old. See? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get a photo op. Uh, Riley and uh, Carl, let's get a little closer together for the photo op. All right, so you're in the square. All right, here we go. And one, two, and smile. Awesome. Oh, that was great. Turned out really good. Of course, uh, Farpoint Con. Dean, tell them where you can go for more Farpoint Con information. Oh, my goodness. You had to throw it back to me. Oh, my yes. goodness. You're the next <laughs> <laughs> For those who are coming, this is Far Point 30. Can you believe 30 years? Farpoint.com, February 10th through the 12th. You heard it here. The Alice Rockies, Carlos, Riley are coming there. We have Wilson Cruz from Star Trek Discovery and Billy West from a little show known as Futurama and all the things he's oh. done. So Delta Hotels, Hunt Valley, that's where to go. You better come because it's the 30th anniversary. I'm sure there's going to be some surprises. And plus, I'm going to be hosting a little-known game show called Sci-Fi Square, so you got to see me as That's well. Cool. There you go. And Below the Belt Show will be in the house, of course. So thank you so much, Carlos. Riley, amazing uh, having you on, and thank you so much. And we'll we'll see you uh, at Farpoint. See you at Farpoint. See you. Yeah. Have a good All night. Right. All right. Bye-bye. All right, guys. Bye-bye, guys. Thank you.